seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 32 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and my goodness, it is so good to finally be talking to you after a win. That's right, St. John's made sure their defense traveled from Rhode Island against Providence in what was a three-point loss. They brought it home to Queens and took care of business against Butler 77-61 on Tuesday. Taking care of business. That's something St. John's did earlier this year with a lighter schedule. We all talked about it. And man, they plowed through most of those games without too many hiccups, no bad losses, you know, some good play. And St. John's did just that again on Tuesday in what would be their second Big East win of the year following a five-game losing streak. Finally, St. John's improves to 12-6, and 2-5 and five in the Big East, and they've got UConn coming up. You know, they usually say that defense travels. Well, for St. John's, that was the case as you saw them play much better against Providence. That's what we talked about. The effort was there. There was intensity. Overall, they looked so much better. And really what we saw in a must-win game against Butler was a full 40 minutes of defense, something that we have been asking for all year. I would say it was definitely their best defensive game of the year. They completely stifled and miffed Butler, especially in the second half. Defense did all the talking to the tune of 22 Butler turnovers. St. John stole the ball 16 times. This was, I guess, as close to 40 minutes of hell if you want to talk about it now i think you saw say john's take a lot of gambles and a lot of those gambles paid off but i think their defense was a lot stronger they played much more together as a unit those steals were because of active hands good body position and at the end of the day i think that this was a confidence building win more so than anything else You remembered how to win. You dominated the game from start to finish, basically. Butler only had a lead for 39 seconds in this game, and St. John's imposed their will and used their defense to spark their offense. Now, Butler is not a great team, so you're happy that you took care of business. You were supposed to take care of business against a team like this, but after a five-game losing streak, there were a lot of questions surrounding this team. What was the mental makeup? Where would the confidence come from? Would you be able to take that good performance against Providence and bring it home? They answer that question, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for that, despite the opponent. It doesn't matter who the opponent was. When you have to go into your building in a must-win situation and win the game, win it convincingly, the game was never in doubt, you get credit for that. You did what you're supposed to do. Good teams do that. How many times have we asked for that to happen? St. John's going on the road and losing to Seton Hall? Not being able to punch back and finish games when they had leads against Villanova, against Xavier, against Marquette. So it's nice to be on the other side of the coin against the Butler team, regardless if they are a bottom three team or not. Now, you want to see that against a good team, and you've got UConn coming up, and you have your chance to get your first signature road win of the year against a ranked team. So we'll see what they do on Sunday. 
Before the game, it was confirmed that what I reported on this podcast on the last episode that Montez Mathis would be out for a prolonged period of time with that toe injury. Mo Kida is out for the season with a knee injury. The other big news, we got to see Joel Soriano in a headband. Now, would this be a new look? It might have to be because Joel Soriano in a headband dropped 20 and 10 for his 15th double-double of the year. I actually talked to Joel after the game. I asked him if he's going to bring this look back, and he told me that he actually wore the headband because of a bad haircut, and he laughed about it. I told him he's got to bring the headband back. He said he's going to think about it. So if we see headband Joel on Sunday, you know I had a little bit of influence on that. One other pregame note on Joel before he put that headband on, he was named captain of St. John's Basketball at the pregame meal. I spoke to Joel, and I asked him what that means to him. And he said he was incredibly honored, he was surprised, and he was just going to continue to be a leader. As we've talked about all year, you've heard other people talk about it. Joel Soriano has done a lot of talking on the court, but he has also acted in a manner that is befitting of wearing that proverbial C on his chest. Couldn't be happier for him. He takes over the captain role from Julian Champagny, who wore it last year. I spoke to Julian about what he thought about Joel Soriano getting that captain nod And he told me that Joel is doing exactly what he set out to do this year. He's been aggressive in his approach, and every game it's showing. He's staying in shape, which Julian said was, in his opinion, the biggest part. Julian said that he thought he was the captain of the team even before it was given to him officially. He's been a good leader, and he deserves that role. So that's high praise from Julian Champagny, who was the captain himself last year, who knows Joel and played with Joel last year, who in an interview with me said that Joel was going to be the guy who steps up into this role, and he pretty much called it. I don't think anybody saw Joel Soriano being one of the best big men in the country, but my goodness, if anybody deserves this title, if anybody deserves this role, if anybody has acted like the leader and the captain of this team so far, it has been Joel Soriano. So major kudos to Joel Soriano for being named captain of St. John's Basketball. Before Julian Champagny was named captain last year, dating back to the Norm Roberts teams, there was only in-game captains. So this is a huge honor, and Julian obviously spoke very highly of Joel. So St. John's takes down Butler 77-61 thanks to their defense. I thought early on you saw St. John's make a statement. Literally from the first possession of the game, you force a shot clock violation. That's huge. Just sets the tempo. It sets the feel of the game. And then A.J. Stewart takes the ball and goes right to the rim, scores the first basket of the game. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I've been saying that A.J. Stewart has the body for the Big East. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. I don't want him just standing in that corner waiting for the three. He's got to drive, and I was really happy to see that. I thought A.J. Stewart was really strong and one of the big reasons why we won this game. Same for Rafael Pinzon. I'll get to that in a second. But A.J. Stewart goes to the rim, and again, right off of that shot clock violation, you get a quick two. You start setting the pace, you start setting the tone, and you tell Butler that, listen, you're on our home court, you're in for a fight. Joel Soriano got it going early. You knew this was going to be a big game for Joel Soriano, and I actually was really looking forward to this matchup for Joel as he was going up against Manny Bates. Manny Bates has had a pretty good year so far, a few bad games here and there, but he was one of the better big men in the big East up until a few games ago. This proved to be a no contest as Joel Soriano absolutely dominated the matchup of not only Manny Bates, but any guy who tried to stop him 
in the paint. Joel was really showing off his range in this game, actually hitting a bunch of jumpers early on from even further than where he usually would shoot it from. About one foot in front of the three-point line, he hit it with ease. His form looked good. Rotation looked phenomenal. You heard Jim Spinarkle and John Fanta talk about that. Joel was driving to the hoop for layups, hook shots. He was so impressive. Eight of St. John's first 10 points came from Joel Soriano, and you knew that this was Joel's night. AJ Store had five points early on. Him and Joel did all the heavy lifting in the first few minutes to keep the game 13-13, and then all of a sudden, St. John's goes on an 11-2 run. Joel is 7-for-7 from the floor, 14 points. Just really really good for the confidence of this team that's what i've been preaching is that this team needs the win needs to play better just to get that confidence back the five game losing streak was so demoralizing for the fans for the staff for the players this was another game where andre corbello and david jones would come off the bench stanley and wusu would be the starters with posh store and soriano we have seen the shakeup in starting lineups going back to the seton hall game so Anderson is still trying to find the best five to go with. I think that's been one of the real issues this season is the mix and matching all year of finding the best five. And I think there still isn't a clear answer to that. You would hope that by now in January, you have more clarity on who your best five are. But it's clear that St. John's is still trying to put the pieces together of who it is. I think a big key in this game, and we saw it early on, was St. John's bench, which scored 32 of their 77 points compared to just 13 bench points for Butler. You had two very different teams in regards to their styles. Butler is a very slow-paced team. They want to keep the game in the low 60s, and they themselves only scored 61 points, but St. John's, which is number two in the country in tempo, was running up and down the court. Between that and their defense forcing the pace, they really got to play their style of game, and it was pretty much a perfect game for St. John's in regards to being a complete mismatch for the other team. So you saw that. And again, the bench was really important. Andre Carbello, David Jones coming off the bench. Andre Carbello had a fantastic game. Another strong performance for Andre Carbello after he had another good game in the Providence loss. So it's good to see him kind of bounce back from all the extracurricular nonsense that happened a few weeks ago. But St. John's did use an 11-2 run to pull ahead. You know, you had Kobe King come off the bench early to hit a three. Rafael Pinzon starts hitting jumpers and is really spacing the floor, which was really, really huge in this game. This was the first game where AJ Store and Rafael Pinzon played extended minutes together. AJ Store had 12 points. He hit two threes and went four of seven from the floor in 20 minutes. Rafael Pinzon was a spark off the bench for 10 points. He hit two threes and also was four of seven shooting in 23 minutes. We as fans have been asking for AJ Store and Rafael Pinzon to be on the floor more, whether it's together or separate, but one of these two guys really is important to space the floor. Get that shooter out there. Pinzon has proven that his shot can be a weapon. AJ Store has proven that he is the best three-point shooter on the team, shooting over 40% from deep. And in this game, you got two guys who shot 8 for 14 from the floor, four three-pointers, 20 minutes plus a piece, and you see the results. It just allows for more movement on the floor. Your guards get to go and operate into the paint, the kickouts. Posh had a really nice pass to AJ Store in the first half on a double screen by Wusu and Soriano where he got to go inside. They funneled in on him and he kicked it out to AJ in the corner and he hit a three. 
The shooters allow your offense to really have a different dimension, and it allows you not to just rely on your steals or turnovers to get into your offense. AJ Store was fantastic. I hope to see this continue for the rest of the season. It's a shame that it potentially took Montez Mathis getting hurt for us to see this. I hope that's not just a coincidence, but it's definitely a positive development. So AJ Store, Rafael pins on two really good games from them and really was important and vital to the success of this team. I hope we see that against UConn and moving forward the rest of the way. Andre Corbello stuffed the stat sheet in one of his better games this year. 11 points, three rebounds, six assists, four steals, a crossover three that's a highlight real play of the year. His energy and hustle on defense was fantastic. His steals, his active hands, he was a real spark off the bench. It was really great to see Andre playing free. He looked excited. He looked really in it. So really happy to see that he did have three turnovers, which you hate, but he played really well. I thought his hustle and defense to go with Pasha Alexander had a career high six steals to go with nine points and two assists. Andre Curbelo had a personal best four steals, and Dylan Adaiwusu also had a pair of steals. The defense was tremendous. The defense really led to the offense, and that is the name of the game for St. John's. That's how Mike Anderson wants them to play. Is it always successful? No. Does the gambles allow for some poor transition defense yes we saw that against butler also we've seen that in plenty of other games but this was the perfect defensive game from st john's let's get to the man of the hour joel soriano leading the way 20 points 10 rebounds two blocks i could have swore he had way more than two blocks another double double his 15th that leads the ncaa joel soriano got whatever he wanted butler had no answer for him not manny bates not Jalen Thomas, not Seamus Lacocious. Nobody could stop Joel Soriano, and that's proving to be a theme this year, no matter the opponent. This is the third game this year that Joel has hit 20 points or more. Again, 10 of the first 12 points, 7 straight buckets, 14 first half points, a headband, a captain title, and a win for Joel Soriano. After the game, head coach of Butler Thad Mata said of Joel Soriano, he's as good of a big man as I've seen this year. Coach Mike Anderson also said that Joel Soriano also established himself as one of the better big guys, not only in our conference, I think, but in the country as well. Everybody is taking notice of Joel Soriano. He's simply working and his play is doing the talking. It goes without saying that this was a huge game. This was just what the doctor ordered, putting Butler on the schedule just at the right time. Mike Anderson called it a must-win game before the game started. We all knew that you can't drop a game at home against Butler, not off of a five-game losing streak. It would have been an absolute catastrophe to lose this game. They didn't. They dominated start to finish. That's exactly what you had to do. And now you take a little bit of momentum, you take that defensive energy, and you take it to the XL Center on Sunday against a ranked UConn team. You are looking for your first real signature win of the year, and you have the chance to do it against a really, really good UConn team. You just executed a game plan where your defense was phenomenal. Yes, the talent between Butler and UConn can probably fill the Grand Canyon. So you take everything that happened against Butler and you hope it translates to Sunday's game against UConn. You need to bring that energy on defense. That has to travel. 
you hope you continue to make shots. You hope that Joel Soriano can be as efficient as he was against Butler. You hope that AJ Store and Rafael Pinzon's shots are falling on the road. You hope that Andre Corbello is leading the offense and getting all these assists and steals. You hope that Posh Alexander is finding his offense and finding his groove and allowing his defense to dictate the rest of his play as he said he was trying to do in this game. But we can't just discredit everything because... It was against Butler. You have to give St. John some credit for doing what they had to do and really focusing on playing together as a team. Before we really go into UConn, one of the major, major problems for St. John's was 18 turnovers against Butler. So when you steal the ball 16 times, when you force 22 turnovers, but you yourself turn the ball over 18 times, You're really not taking full advantage of your good play. You're making some stupid mistakes. There was a lot of silly turnovers. There were a lot of travels in this game. So you really have to cut down on that, especially against a good team like UConn. We saw four turnovers by Dylan Adaiwusu. We saw three by Posh Alexander, two by Joel Soriano, three by Andre Curbelo, and three by David Jones. You really have to cut down on those at least by half. You don't want to go into double digits on turnover. St. John's has played better of late. It was more than just the opponent against Butler. St. John's shot over 49% for the third straight game. Defensive intensity was there. St. John's forced these turnovers, the steals. Posh Alexander has to be on point against UConn. At the XL Center, you go up against a UConn team that you know is going to be a little mad. They're coming off of a road loss to Marquette, 82-76. to UConn has lost three of their last four. Xavier and Providence were also losses. They did beat Creighton. So how does St. John's go on the road, and how do they respond? How do they try to turn their season around? against UConn. They're looking for their first true road win. UConn has allowed over 70 points four times this year. They have only won one of those games. UConn is allowing 59.2 points per game in games they have won versus 79.3 points per game in games that they have lost. So if St. John's can run up and down the court, if they can be efficient from the floor, if they can shoot 50%, 49% from the floor again, that's how you beat this team. And obviously scoring more points, you know, duh, but you're going to have to take away Jordan Hawkins. He's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous shooter. He might be going to the NBA next year. You're going to have to take away Andre Jackson. Andre Jackson is big. He can play the positions one through four. And of course, it's going to be Joel Soriano versus Adama Sinogo and Donovan Klingon. UConn and Dan Hurley not only have two of the best big men in the country, they are interchangeable. Adama Sinogo, smaller than Joel, but can shoot the three. He's really crafty around the rim. He hasn't been that great lately, but they have been able to bring Donovan Klingon, a freshman, 7-2 off the bench, and he has been absolutely a force in the paint. He can rebound the ball, second chances. He can finish around the rim as well. So St. John's is definitely going to have their hands full. How are they going to get these guys away from the basket? It's going to be a real test. St. John's has their biggest, biggest opponent and biggest test to date. Can St. John's turn their season around with a win on Sunday at the XL Center against UConn? We're going to certainly find out. It would go a long way to changing the narrative of this season. It is a tall task. It is a major ask. But if St. John's wants to salvage this season, if they want any hope of turning a disappointing season around and trying to make up for a five-game losing streak early on in Big East play, it starts 
with pairing a Butler win with going on the road and knocking off Dan Hurley and the Yukon Huskies. But it's going to take the best 40 minutes of basketball you have played all year in order to get the job done. Can the momentum continue for St. John's? Do they continue to stay together and play as a unit? Do they continue to shoot the ball well? efficient from the floor make the smart passes don't take as many bad shots can they cut the turnovers down that's what it's going to take let's see what this team is made of let's see if they can execute and let's see if they can get their signature win on the road against UConn we'll be back after the game to break it all down thank you for listening we'll see you next time you've been listening to the eye on the storm podcast go Johnny's